Hello, everyone. It is your host here again, Nathan Rapaka with The Slice Podcast. I am super excited to be back in the mix of things. I've been gone for a long, long time. Um, you know, I've been really busy in the summer. You know, I was, you know, every weekend there's always something in the summer and, you know, you always go and then we work. So just, I just haven't been very active on the Instagram page or the podcast just because of those factors. And also with tennis not being really around much, you know, it's really hard to be consistent when, you know, a lot of the tournaments aren't as important. So, but we're back to Grand Slam season. So that means the return of the podcast. Really happy to be back again, guys. Um, We have, trust me, a lot to talk about today about what's been going on in the tennis world, the big updates, you know, COVID has definitely been a pain in the ass in tennis. That's for sure. If you've been hearing the news, you guys know what I'm talking about, and we're going to get right to it right now. Um, so yeah, hope everyone's doing well. Hope everyone's safe, but let's get right into it. The biggest news, the thing I really wanted to talk about right before we started the Australian Open, Novak Djokovic. As you guys know, Novak Djokovic has been very, very vocal when it comes to his stance on the um, taking of the vaccine. He's one of those people who voiced that he's not comfortable taking the vaccine for his own personal choice. And that's fine. I think everyone in America, everyone in the world deserves the chance to, you know, take it or not take it. Um, And that was his personal choice. Um, And as you guys know, because of that personal choice that has affected, had affected his chances of even playing in Australia. As you guys know, the Victorian government in Australia stated a couple months ago that they weren't going to allow any players who weren't vaccinated um, to play in the Australian Open unless you had a medical exemption. So there was only a few pl- few players who had a meta exemption to come play in Australia and o- very few. So a very few for specific reasons had a medical exemption. So fast forward now to the last week or so. Um, Novak Djokovic was in a lot of doubt to even play in Australia because he had skipped the ATP Cup, which is a pretty much, if you guys know what a Davis Cup is, it's team tennis for countries. So the ATP Cup is a pretty big event they introduced two years ago. And Djokovic decided not to play for Team Serbia, which was a surprise. And to everyone in the tennis community, we all thought that, okay, Djokovic is probably not even going to be able to play in Australia. Australia, so why just play the ATP Cup, just rest? be with your family a little longer, blah, blah, blah. But to our surprise, we saw an Instagram post from Novak stating he's in Australia. He's traveling to Australia. Coincidentally, it was funny because Nadal posted a uh, Instagram post the day before saying, hey, guys, surprise, I'm in Australia, which is funny. Um, <laughs> and also, congrats to Rafa recovering and being back on tour. It's great to see Nadal playing again. So we'll talk. we'll get to Nadal, though. Um, later in the podcast, but back to what I was saying with Djokovic. So Djokovic is flying Australia, right, a couple days ago, and he gets stopped at the border. He gets stopped right when he lands, and they detain the number one player in the world because he did not have the proper visa and papers to back up his claim. And as you guys know, the last couple of days, there's been protesting outside of the detention center. We see that all the Serbians, Novak's dad, Novak's mom, his wife, 
were just protesting and pretty much saying, hey, this is messed up. How are you going to detain the number one player in the world? And it is kind of messed up, right? I mean, he did have a medical exemption. He obviously did not have the proper visa to prove that. Um, and that was definitely – he should have probably had those documents and known this would have happened. But at the end of the day, it is messed up for you to give a man a medical exemption, give him your word, and then you're going to detain him in a detention center since Wednesday. So just to highlight this, Djokovic has been in a detention center since Wednesday. He ha- he hasn't had the proper amenities. The food probably was not good. From what we we're hearing reports, he was just sitting there. I mean, it was just all hell. And the the fact that the Australian government treated the number one player in the world and probably the greatest player of all time and also the biggest, the greatest winner at the Australian Open – really the man who has made the Australian Open what it is today, to treat him that poorly is just disgraceful. I think it was one of the most disgraceful things that they have done to a champion. And the fact that you did that, now mentally speaking, the question is how is Djokovic going to cope now? All these other players have had, had come to Australia two weeks before They've practiced. They're mentally ready. Djokovic now, he's got to deal with the fact that, mentally speaking, is he going to be all there? I mean, if I had to be in a detention center from Wednesday to today or yesterday night when the news broke out um, that he, he was good to go and the judge overruled the um, dip, the departure or whatever, um, I would be mentally fucked in the head. Like, I don't know how that – probably the amount of mental mental fatigue it took out of Djokovic sitting in the detention center. But I think it's a very disgraceful thing that the Victorian government did to a sportsman, an icon. You you didn't do that to the other players, so there's gotta be uh intent on why they did that. Like why do you why does the Prime Minister hate Djokovic? Like he's bringing in revenue to the Australian Open. He's the champion and it was a disgraceful position on my end. So those are my thoughts on the Djokovic thing. Obviously, things are good now. The judge overruled the ban and the deportation. He's free now. He's playing. Um, but the thing is, you know, I, I, I can't wait to see what happens um, when Djokovic uh, talks to the interviewer now that he's back, the interviewer about what really did happen. So it's going to be really interesting to see how he answers the media. I, I'm pretty sure he's going to be ticked off with all the questions, but that's my stance on that situation. But if you really want to know what I'm thinking on the back end, I think Novak should have gotten vaccinated. I mean, I'm one of those guys who is very against the vaccine until I got COVID, until I saw the numbers, until I saw how it was going to affect my daily life. I just sucked it up and got the vaccine. At the end of the day, I have many friends who didn't want to get it, and they got it. Liberal, conservative, you know, down the middle. It doesn't matter what political stance you are. I, there was liberals who were saying they didn't even want to get to the vaccine. So, I mean, same thing. You know, I, I was very against it, but then I got it. came to my senses and was like, dude, they're gonna, you're going to need to share a vaccination card to go to a bar, to go to restaurants. So, for me, that's a big part of my life, right, traveling and going out places. I love going to restaurants and bars on the weekend. So I just got it because I knew it would take away from my leisure and fun. So because I know people in my friend group who literally have to get tested every week 
or every two weeks for their job. Um, I have one friend who literally has to get tested for work to go into work. So, I mean, that sucks. You could have just got the vaccine. So I think Djokovic should have got the vaccine. I think it's smart. I think this is not going to be something that goes away anytime soon. Um, And also, I think it really, the way I'm looking, and I'm not saying Djokovic is not mentally strong, but I look at what happened in the U.S. Open where at the end of the Open, he was just fatigued and tired. And he ended up essentially getting destroyed by Medvedev. But you could tell that he was mentally drained. I don't know how this is going to affect his head right now because I feel, I just feel, you know, this is the same guy who's saved championship points against Federer at Wimbledon. He saved so many He's been down in so many championship matches and still won the match easily at the end of the day and rallied to win. Like, he's a machine. But this situation itself is going to be on his mind straight up. And I don't know if he's going to be mentally all there in the second week. I still think he'll win in the first week. But that second week is when the players come to play. Again, I I think Djokovic is still my favorite, honestly. Him and Medvedev, to me, are 1A, 1B in this tournament. But... It'll be interesting to see how he mentally prepares. But those are my thoughts on the Novak Djokovic situation. I, I know one of my buddies is already excited that Djokovic has been acquitted and he's going to be playing in Melbourne. So that's good. Um, <laughs> but again, it's it's good to have Djokovic back regardless of the situation. Next topic I want to touch on is Naomi Osaka. As you guys know, Naomi Osaka took a break because she was dealing with a lot of things mentally. As you know, mental um, stability has been a topic in our world uh, for the last couple of months now. A lot of players, tennis players, have been coming out saying, I'm mentally not ready. And Naomi Osaka really started that movement for sports um, icons to say, hey, I mentally don't want to play. I want to take care of my mental health. And she's been kind of the front runner of that. So it, it really sad to see Osaka... Uh, having to retire from the Australian Open. She had a back issue or something, and she had to retire because she wasn't fully fit. Um, And look, I have said this about Osaka. From when she played at, was it the U.S. Open? Or Wimbledon? I forgot what it was. She did not look fit to me at all. Um, Her fitness to me has been a little lacking. Because I was looking at her on the court, she looked like she got a little more um i'm going to be very respectful but she it looked like she got a little more um she put some pounds for sure you could tell that she wasn't as fit as she used to be and that was a little bit of a concern to me that um that she wasn't uh fit and she did not look fit at all so i was a little concerned by that um, and I'm a little concerned now about her fitness because she has been retiring out of tournaments left and right. And I don't know if that has been the reason why she's been mentally out of there. Um, so I hope, you know, full recovery to Naomi Osaka and many other tennis players, right? Dominic Thiem is not playing, which is another, I'm so upset Dominic Thiem's not playing. He's been, he's been going through the ringer and I've been Really, really upset that he's not been able to play because he's another guy who, who's. It seems like ever since the um, U.S. Open, he has not been himself. So, you know, um, we'll see what happened. Uh, and there's been a lot of other updates. Nick Kyrgios tested positive um, for COVID nineteen right before the Open. I mean, he's also in huge doubt as well to play. So, 
another one of the big stars for the Open who brings revenue in for the Australian Open is not probably going to play. So, again, I didn't think Kyrgios was even going to be a factor in this Open, let's be completely honest, but he's not playing. So, on to the next topic. We're going to talk about um, Rafael Nadal. He is back, everyone. He actually ended up winning the Melbourne Summer Tour. So, just so you guys know, they have two, three tournaments before um, the Australian Open in actually the Melbourne stadiums. And Nadal ended up playing. I got to see a few of his matches. And honestly, he looked good. He looked consistent. He looked fine. He made a, a good amount of mistakes. I mean, he looked good. Um, I wouldn't say he's 100% to that Nadal level that I saw. But he still won a, won a tournament. But, yeah, I don't know how I feel about Rafa coming back. It looks like... I think he won also because if you look at who he played, I mean, I'm going to search this up right now, but I don't even know anyone he played. Like, he literally did not, um, you know, play anyone big. I mean, I'm looking at these people. I don't know anyone he's played. I'm I'm sorry, but it does not look like he's played anyone of relevance or anyone in the top 50. So that's why... I'm I, I'm not really impressed. Yes, it's impressive he won a title being back after five, six months, but um but he still has to improve and you know he's gonna have to keep improving and trying hard. I don't think he's gonna leave get out of the quarterfinals. I think he'll make a um I think he'll make the quarterfinals but he will not go um farther than that um so again I think Nadal has a good chance to make it to the quarters it'll be interesting to see how he plays again you know he's still not 100% to me I just don't see um him winning or even going that far um with uh within this tournament I think his bread and butter right now is the French Open I know I've said this for a while but like the same thing, whenever Federer is playing, everyone says his best chance is Wimbledon. I think Nadal's realist, realistically his best chance right now is going to be only the French. I don't see him winning any other tournaments um, anymore except the French. And even then, like Djokovic, my God, he really mentally, I think, defeated Nadal that day. He broke Nadal. I mean, it's the same thing in Wimbledon, right? Like when... I feel like once Djokovic got over the hump with Federer in his best surface, he mentally broke him. And again, he's mentally breaking everyone. So I think that is going to be something in his head um, going into this tournament. So again, props to Nadal. I, I, I really hope that he goes far. Honestly, I am rooting for Nadal to go far in this tournament because I don't want to see Djokovic break the record. Um I'm still trying to savor that. Um, obviously, Nadal. Yes, if he breaks the record, great. But I would be. I would rather have Nadal break the record than Djokovic break the record. If that makes sense, Federer's record because no one's broken it. Everyone's tied right now. So I would rather have Rafa do it because Rafa and Roger are best friends. And you know, growing up with these two rivalries, I I'm like mano y mano. Like Nadal is my second favorite player. I would have to say. Um, with Federer. So, again, I hope he goes far. Don't think that he is. I'm not really having high hopes on Rafa doing much, but it's good to see Nadal back and playing. Yeah, guys, so that those are my thoughts on the uh, 
Australian Open COVID fiasco. Um, you know, this was a quick podcast. I just wanted to get back and highlight a couple things that I saw and that were big. Obviously, as the draw comes out, as the Australian Open draw comes out, I'm going to start giving away predictions. And so I will be more active, I promise. I haven't been active just because of many, many factors and not having a lot of tennis, you get kind of unmotivated. But I'm back in the full effect. It's Grand Slam Tennis and yeah, hope you guys have a good one. Thanks for tuning in again, guys. Peace.